Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is brought to you by Yumiko. Yumiko has just launched their Pinch Collection. Your favorite leotards can now be reimagined with a classic pinch front. Shop the collection online at yumiko.com or contact your local Yumiko store to personalize an Anna, Daniela, or Tamara leotard in your color with a pinch front. Offer ends March 1st, 2019. Yumiko has also just added new colors to their recent leg warmer collection. Enjoy even more ways to match these lightweight leg warmers to your favorite Yumiko leotards. And now you can enjoy a 10% discount on orders of 10 or more with their new group discount. For more information about all the new happenings at Yumiko, visit their website, yumiko.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Hi, Michael. Hi, Rebecca. We're doing an emergency podcast <laughs> on Friday afternoon. We are, because there was some big, big, big news in the ballet world. It's something that has been, um, we've been anticipating for over a year now, but that is um, that the New York City Ballet has announced new leadership uh, after over a year of having an interim team of four um former dancers with the company uh, sort of running things, running the day-to-day work that they do. Um, they finally announced Jonathan Stafford as the artistic director and uh, Wendy Whalen as associate artistic director. So it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. So let's talk about, I mean, obviously it's a big deal because we've been waiting for this news for so long. And of course this is a company that's only had two leaders before it. So, Mm -hmm. but there's also other implications that are interesting, maybe not implications, but there's other elements to this that are interesting, such as the fact that these will be the first leaders who have not worked directly with George Balanchine. And that's something that Mm -hmm. has, there was a lot of discussion about leading up to this, that how important is that um, to making this decision? Mm -hmm. Is it essential or can we work with people who are a little bit younger um, to ensure that they will, you know, have more time with the company? Mm-hmm. From from my personal point of view, I would have loved it if they had given a former 
Balanchine, yes, someone who had worked with Balanchine, mm-hmm. an official title and position. But mm-hmm. I have to say that at least with Wendy and John, we know they both have demonstrated, um, you know, a real allegiance to those former dancers and um, to that to that work. So, you know, Wendy just did that interview with all those Balanchine ballerinas. Um, it was for National Dance Institute. Yep. And um, John has already started bringing in John. John was really, I forgot what his title was, if how it differentiated him from the other three interim directors. But, but it was a little you know, bit he, higher, right? Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, one at least could presume that he was responsible for um, the number of former balancing dancers that have come in since Peter has left, who would not have been able to come in under Peter or right. Peter simply didn't choose to have them come in. So Patricia McBride, Abravalella, Bershnikov, those are all people that have been brought in. And those are just, um, oh, Mimi Paul as well. Those are just some of the names, you know, other people I think are being um, reached out to and um, have have been contributing as well. But it's all, you know, that is all good news. And I, I doubt that John would not continue that new right. um policy right i think that he they, they want that insight they're not afraid of it right and i think the only real danger that they could have had is if <clears throat> they had chosen people who had never worked with balancing and weren't interested in hearing from the people who had you know they clearly want to bring in as many people as possible that seems very apparent and like it was so funny just seeing that video of um i saw a video i think it was on sarah mern's story on instagram of edward valella working with Gon- gonzalo garcia on mm-hmm. apollo it was just like so fun to see those videos and those dancers I, all working together you know i just talked to gonzalo about it oh, and really? he, How he just it? said it was he said it was just the best ever that Aww. edward was incredible and um that Edward was like maybe going to say something and then and then pulled back a little bit, but Gonzalo was like, no, no, tell me, I want to know. <laughs> and yeah, he said it, it just the way that he had thought through every moment and um, and analyzed things and um, kind of wanted him to pull out from some of the uh, interpretations that have crept in over the years or what has kind of, kind of become standardized, mm-hmm. but. Um, that Edward thought was, you know, not true to the the piece. So I thought that was great. So they're kind of almost going back to their roots in a way. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I also think like for Edward, I know like we've talked to him. We had a two part um, series with him on the podcast. Three part. Three part was three parts. You're right. Oh my gosh. It was well, (laughs) and we edited a lot out too. We talked to him for a long time. It was so fun. Yeah. And of course, we know him as our former boss, but. You know, there's so much that goes into being the artistic director, and we talk about this a lot, but so much administrative kind of work and, you know, Mm -hmm. the business element of a ballet company. So for these people to not really have to worry about that and just, like, come in and enjoy coaching and just do their job, work with the dancers, must be, like, really liberating for them, you know, to just have Mm -hmm. that part to work with and um, rely on. So, and what's also interesting is... Jonathan Stafford's only 38 years old. He's very young. How old was Peter when he took over? He was Peter was 35. And Balanchine was also, you know, but the first time Balanchine ran a company, 
think, but we'll have to have Alistair, you know, chime in for this. Alistair, but, shoot us uh, an email. <laughs> uh, I think it was Le Ballet 1933. Mm-hmm. So Balanchine would have been 29. So it's not, you know, unprecedented for mm-hmm. this company and or this company's um, key figures mm-hmm. and their history. Right. But yeah, it does feel quite young after, you know, when you look across the nation, it is uh, uh, a lot of people are in their 70s running companies. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so Wendy Whalen's 51 and she danced with um, New York City Ballet for 30 years, which also is just like rereading. Like I knew that, but rereading that, it's just so amazing. So, you know, most dancers make it 10, mm-hmm. 15 years to have double that or triple that is means a lot. So she's really been with this organization through many phases of its life, even mm-hmm. under the same leadership, you know, companies go through ebbs and flows and you know, right. dancers come and go. So it's kind of always evolving. So she's really been able to see so much of mm-hmm. um, that. And I, it's really interesting that they're going to work in a partnership um, position. I wonder who's going to be more doing more of the like in studio coaching kind of stuff. That seemed to fall to Wendy. To Wendy, you, that's what I was thinking. The article too. seemed to imply that. I thought it was interesting how how the tasks were being delegated, and I also it also made me wonder why Wendy had a sort of junior title mm-hmm. uh, because she was basically it sounds like she's going to be the one steering all the programming, right? And primarily coaching and teaching Mm -hmm. so um yeah I I mean I thought that was interesting the way that you know the tasks are being divvied up but it's something that we I think have even talked about on the podcast that maybe this was the better way to go because especially you know New York City Ballet in 2019 is a different beast than it was in 1948 Mm -hmm. you can't be expected to control everything for this mm-hmm. huge organization. I mean, I think their budget is probably, I think it's, isn't it over a hundred million at this yeah, point? Or maybe, sure. maybe it's 80 or I don't know, but it's like yeah. to run an organization like that and oversee every element is a lot for any individual. So I love that, you know, you have Wendy in one, um, you know, one set of tasks and then John, and then Justin has also been given a new, title yes that was one thing we wanted to touch on too and uh, that sounds his title sounds like he's maybe going to be involved more artistically as well maybe mm-hmm. right well so just he, to, just to help advise uh and on i think um ideas of like what new choreographers to take mm-hmm. on and uh how to build that because that has been such a strong part of new york city ballet's legacy and something that peter you know so the t- the two components that i'm thinking of that are that were strengths of Peter's that I'll be curious to see how they play out. Mm-hmm. One is that Peter's continual push for new choreography ended up right. more or less discovering all of the great mm-hmm. um, uh, classical choreographers that we have today. Mm-hmm. So Peter Martin's dis- discovered these people, but it was um, Christopher Wielden, Justin Peck, and although Alexei Romansky, of course, choreographed outside internationally i think definitely his work for new york city ballet put him on the map in america and i think even still um broadened uh the number of companies that were interested in doing his works Mm -hmm. abroad too yeah 
So, Absolutely. so we um, think that that would be kind of fall under Justin's responsibilities maybe. to kind yeah. of be working. Well, I'm, it sounds and, like they're all going to work together for sure. Yeah. Right. But it certainly is something that when you're talking about Peter having gone, the things that I think he, that were positives under him were, were that he, well, it's, it's kind of the same thing in a way he had, he had an eye for choreographic talent, perhaps not his own. Um, but he also, uh, really could pick out talented dancers in a way and, and take risks mm-hmm. on them. So mm-hmm. it, you know, while he was able to pick someone out like Alexandra Antonelli and let her do do drop on her 16th birthday when no one else would have given her that chance. And then he found this like incredible talent, right? You know, then there's the, the flip side of that is the, the stuff that we read about. I think it was in the HuffPo article, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, where he was just like, you know, I, I put people out there to see if they sink or swim and you sank. And I mean, yeah. that kind of like heartbreaking, Yeah. I mean, unimaginable communication to have to your oh employee, your artist. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so the, when, I'm, when we're looking at the, the good side of things, is that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, right. I think that the fact that he could like find a Sarah Mearns or an Alexander Ancinelli or a Janie Taylor you know, at such a young age and then just push, push, push and, and make them grow to be these huge stars. Um, I'll be curious to see how John and Wendy start to develop that. And again, like Wendy, so Wendy's seen all that over her 30 years too. You know, of course, dancers are always absorbing everything around them. And, you know, we've talked to before about, you know, making choices of if you see something that being done that you don't like in a ballet company, if you ever are in the position of power to change it, then you want to change that. Mm -hmm. So, and we see, we've seen that with what the transition team has been doing um, with John Stafford on there, which is, you know, bringing in these balancing, former balancing dancers who are not formerly involved. And then also Mm. we've talked to about um, some of the older company members premiering parts that they haven't done before, kind of being seen in different roles, getting out Mm. of this so-called box. So there's kind of, I think, yeah, for them. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's what, that's actually what I, the asking how they're going to spot new talent is just a flip side to something that is a real positive that we have seen, which Mm -hmm. is seeing like senior soloists or senior core members. Um, like Ashley Laracy has done the, the principal role in Concerto Barocco Mm -hmm. and the, um, second aria in Stravinsky violin concerto. And I'm not saying those opportunities would have never happened, but it, would have been more likely to go to someone maybe younger, but right. I'm a huge Laracy fan. I love her. And I was so thrilled by it and to watch mm-hmm. her kind of come into a new, um, you know, like have this new peak in your own dancing, this, you know, 20, almost 20 years into your career is just wonderful. That's oh, great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, other people, Lauren King, Dana Applebaum, um, Gina Pascovin, like people that ha- have been real staples of the company for a long time and always dance really, really well, but just to see them just doing even better and have more confidence and to not be a little bit forgotten. Yeah, it's a little know? hard. I mean, when you 
have been in like a core member position for a long time. And just, you know, when you're a new core member, not only is it so exciting to be dancing in a company, but every single ballet is new to you. And then once, mm-hmm. and, and of course, New York City Ballet is a different beast than like what we experience because they, their rep is so massive and they have so many performances that they see so many ballets come back over and over. But like for us, when they would, you know, it would come back again, it's like, well, I already... I danced the core part in that before. It was really fun, but I already did it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's kind right. of, it's exciting for them to be able to move into different parts of ballets that they know so well. Right. They've danced so many times. Yeah. Um, so I, I really mean, Ashley even had the opportunity. I think it was, she premiered in the, the second solo role in Concerto Barocco. And then that same season ended up getting a show of the Potida. So, I mean, to to have, like, to put that faith into a senior dance. You know, I feel like there's conventional, not wisdom, but uh, a negative connotation we can give this. There's, like, the the idea persists that, like, you don't want to invest in an older dancer because they only have so much time left. Right, totally. And I think that what's they're so close to being, still being dancers. Like, when did John Stafford retire? Recently, like, it was wasn't within it when the past the few years. Team started, wasn't it like then, or was it? It would have been then? before that. He okay. was already. It's just but, been a few um, years though, and like Justin is in this article announced that he will be retiring after the spring season. Like, they're mm-hmm. still dancers, and I mean, everyone's—they're all still dancers forever. And Wendy too. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that long that she stopped either. You know, they all yeah. still like are so connected with the way it feels to be in a company and all mm-hmm. of those feelings that come along with it so right that's going to be beneficial for the dancers i think and the mm-hmm. dancers seem really excited by all accounts on instagram <laughs> mm-hmm. it seems yeah. like it's exciting for them. i'm sure they're just so happy to be out of that limbo mm. yes and I, I mean you know something else that we need to bring up of course is the fact that it's the first time city ballet will have had any female leadership mm-hmm. and obviously this seems like a it just the optics of it are important because mm-hmm. of everything the company has gone through in the past year plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they're saying all the right things in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, that they want it to be not just a, a, a space to create art, but somewhere that the dancers can thrive and flourish mm-hmm. as human beings too. Because yeah. when you make that take a backseat to the art then it it no is <laughs> yeah it's dangerous <laughs> for the, for the whole institution right yeah absolutely yeah so it's gonna be so fascinating to see the other thing I'm curious though too because you know I wonder I mean I'm sure they'll probably do this together but in terms of like fundraising all of those big events that they have to do and schmoozing with the mm-hmm. donors I'm sure they both get to do that together which is probably nice to share that Mm-hmm. job that often can probably be really uncomfortable and right weird <laughs> sure wouldn't be my favorite thing oh my gosh no I can't believe it, it's really anyone's mm-hmm. I don't know to me that would be well, some people are really good at it yeah I, I know a couple of people that just really have a knack for it and I'm yeah. just like you do that's great, that's I, great. it's I'm like being a salesperson you know yeah exactly yeah. it's like selling it totally well I think it's very it's great news they definitely spent a long time thinking about this I mean we had heard you know that this could be an option like a while ago so they obviously you know really looked into it took their time Mm -hmm. to make the right decision and 
I really hope that everything goes well. I'm oh, just oh, so curious to see. Sorry, I, I just want to know five years from now. I just want to fast forward and see yeah. what what things, how things have evolved and mm-hmm. what we'll be looking at. But I think that, you know, things are already kind of, they were going the right direction. So I, yeah. I just, um, it'll be interesting to have, they were going the right direction, but it was like all these safe, um, sort of like easy bets. Like, it, and I don't mean this in a, a negative way at all. Like John or whoever deciding to bring in the balancing people, it's win-win because A, it's actually great. You know, right. the dancers are happy. The ballets uh-huh. look better. But B, it's also just like, it's it's like good politics. You know, it's like no one's going to think that that wasn't a good decision. It's a right. rare bipartisan win. Totally. So, exactly. Um, it was just like an easy choice to make. And... So but now there there will be choices where it's like you have to be a little bit bolder. And mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see how that comes down. Yeah. And I'm sure it's nice that John's had this time to oh, yeah. be doing stuff like I he's mean, obviously they've come that? up against real challenges, as we know, mm-hmm. during the time that he was you know, in his position. So he's already kind mm-hmm. of like dipped his toe in, you know? Yeah. Um, which is nice. I was going to ask you, do you know when like new programming, they are, the transition team has been creating programming right now, right? I, or was that already? I could be uh, lying, but <laughs> I could be, I don't know. Don't know. I think officially. that I, I honestly think it's done so far in advance Yeah. that it's possible it's very possible. The programming is announced all at once. So fall, mm-hmm. spring, uh, fall, winter, spring. Mm-hmm. And so it is actually possible that Peter, having left in January 2018, would have programmed like two years fall in 2018. Yeah. yeah, like that yeah. far. Yeah. We could be looking at the first real programming by not Peter right. uh, this coming, you know, like, fall, etc. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. That'll be really interesting to see. I yeah. Um, I mean, I'm of sure course they won't I, do anything I, crazy I, at the beginning because they got to like, you know. Well, I don't know. I cool. think they, but they also will want to make an impression too. A because statement. Yeah, that's the true. The eyes are on them. It'll be a, a big deal. So mm-hmm. um, I hope for, oh, should we do a wish list? Oh, that's fine. A little, sure. Okay. Let's do it. I really, you know, of course, you know me. Mm-hmm. I just want them to, I just think. There sometimes there's just nothing better than shining up like an old Balanchine classic. Mm-hmm. I would love to see some sort of care and um, uh, attention paid to sort of like lost Balanchine works. Like Especially the way that now Suzanne, that they have the people that could come in and do it, you know? Yeah. I just think it would be great. Like sometimes, like to me, nothing looks better than like an old lost Balanchine gem like mm-hmm. why not just if they if they just did one a year you know like yeah. i don't know it wouldn't be a huge strain on their resources or time yeah so i think they should just i think they could do a, a cool thing where they have like some sort of fund to yeah. to preserve balancing works suzanne had an initiative like that um mm-hmm. when her company was was um functioning and around yeah. so um that would, would just be like a cool like nod that. to the history of New York City Ballet yeah. in a moment where the history is shifting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's, I don't think it's, it's that difficult. And I think it could, if they put, if they put the same amount of time that they put into, you know, some of the less appealing work, new works of the past 20 years, mm-hmm. I think it would be great and, and yeah. spur 
interest and conversation. So that's one thing I would love to see. Um, I'll also be looking to see, of course, what new choreographic voices and talents they bring in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think as the the conversation just is going to keep getting bigger and bigger about um, why there aren't more women involved in, um, you know, not, not even just in like just having female choreographers, but, you know, across the board, but, you know, Mm -hmm. female lighting designers or, um, you know, women in other leadership positions that, um, like why, why that doesn't happen in ballet or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, people of color that are choreographing or, queer voices involved, you know, so it, that's just going to keep getting, uh, bigger and bigger, I think. So what do you think about Peter ballets? Are they done? And then of course, like, what are they going to do about Peter's legacy? Because he was there for 35 years. Part of the history. Do they, yeah. Do do they (laughs) feel like, well, I don't know. It's just like, it's a really thorny, interesting conversation because Mm -hmm. it's like Peter's works are generally believed to not be of great value. Mm -hmm. So is it just like win-win to let them wither and die and then Mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with the controversy, but then it makes me think like, what if Peter was a great talent? Then how do you deal with it? But, Mm um, you know, well, I mean his full length too. I mean, that's something like, Whenever they do a full length, unless it's a balancing one, don't they always do a Peter it's one? It's Peter, yeah. Yeah, so and then how are, do they do that? Big box office. So, but mm-hmm. what someone brought up that was interesting, maybe it was Alistair, I don't know, um, that, you know, companies refresh their works. Like a company like Ballet Theater mm-hmm. ha- does full lengths, you know, that's their bread and butter. That's what right. they do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't generally let productions stay um in the rep for as long as these have been so Mm -hmm. so swan lake peter swan lake is over 20 years old now and sleeping beauty is almost 30 so it wouldn't be unheard of at all for for a company Uh um to just say okay it's been 30 years we're gonna pump you know a couple million into a new production can we put on our wish list to have like ratmansky's next big like renovation of a ballet to happen in New York City Ballet, that'd be so cool. That would be fun. Yeah. And that's like a that perfect... would be though. I feel like he's hit them all up is... though. Has he done I, all know, of them? And then, no. Well, I don't know. But all also it's inter- like, you know, some of the some of the rep just wouldn't be appropriate for them. Like the Tchaikovsky ballets make sense because that was such a strong part of Balanchine's identity. Right. Even if he didn't choose to make a full length Swan Lake mm-hmm. Swan Lake. Um and you know, he yeah, of course it's well known that he wanted to do a sleeping beauty and, and thought about it many times in his life, but never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe, you know, city ballet doing like a buy it air reconstruction wouldn't make as cool. much sense. Oh. Oh, I was <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Sarah Burns, come Zadi, kill her. <laughs> no, I totally know what you mean. And I was, I was actually just distracted because I was thinking that they can probably rest pretty easy knowing that they're never going to have to do Don Q. So, mm-hmm. Yes. You guys are doing great Oof. over there. <laughs> I mean, Michael and I not big fans. Donkey, I, I mean, you you at least dodged the first bullet. Like, I can't believe I that know, yeah. in my life, I've never danced a full-length Swan Lake or a full-length Sleeping Beauty. And somehow done, I had to do three runs. Three runs. Yeah, I did two. And that was more than enough. The first one I did, um, 
we were doing it for, I think, basically two months. But since we took it on the Midwest tour, the Midwest tour was three weeks. And then you add in our normal performances. So no, thank you. it was enough Don Q for a lifetime. Yeah. And yet I had two more seasons of it. Yeah. And it's coming back to Miami City Valley next year. So, Hey, what's the Romeo and Juliet situation at City Valley? Have they, what do you mean? Um, well, I mean, so they did the, there's a Peter version, right? It's like yeah, semi-newish. So that, that one. Yeah, exactly. Like that one is interesting because I don't know. Yeah, it's probably 10 years old, a little bit more than 10 years old, but yeah. still it's not going to go anywhere. It's a huge box office hit. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's that would be a thing too. It's like, one that he'd be interested in, do you think? He's already done it. Oh, but I, I mean, he? you know, he also is no stranger to, um, you know, Reduce. redoing. <laughs> Um, yeah, he did it. I don't know if he did it for the National Ballet of Canada. I think it was for them, but oh, definitely yeah. they've done it. Uh-huh. They've done his version. So, yeah. Gotcha. Well, maybe yeah. they'll bring some of those things to City Ballet. I guess that's not really oh, something they see, normally do. Then though. that's another thing. I mean, that would be breaking with tradition, which, of right. course, can totally happen. But they really rarely bring in outside works because right. the works that they produce are so great. I mean, they just have the best repertoire in the world. Right. Like even like 21st century new works, like they, it's an embarrassment of riches. So, um, I wonder if Justin would bring any of his pieces that he created on other companies there. Right. Like that would be interesting. I mean, it's still kind of like with tradition. And, it would and be interesting, but that, well, no, but that's what I'm saying. They don't do that. Right. Like yeah, they don't yeah. bring in, like it has to be made on them. Right. Uh, like the only time they've done it, which I don't know, I would be, I want to know why because it is it was so unlike them, but they brought in Christopher Wilden's DGV. Oh. So was that when um, he was um, in his, I forget what his like title no, was. It was like, no, the it was just position. like a few years ago Oh. and they just huh. decided to do it. So it was a big hit, but I don't know. Like it had been a big hit at the Royal mm-hmm. where it premiered. And I don't know if that was, I mean, surely that factored into it, but I, you know, it's yeah. just curious. So yes, it'd be, it would be interesting to see like New York City Ballet take on Heatscape by Justin or <sighs> Symphonic Dances by Alexi. But I, I wonder, I, it seems unlikely, but it would, yeah, I, I, we are bound to face some decisions from John and Wendy that mm-hmm. will be new and different from yeah. what these pasts have held for us. So yeah, we're I'm sure excited that they and have, curious. Yeah, I'm sure they have so many plans, of course, and ideas and uh, maybe someday we'll get them on the pod to talk about all of it i would love that i was thinking i mean we have been wendy is super generous and wonderful um and has agreed to be on the podcast in the past but you know naturally we have those um it's always a difficult thing to negotiate time yeah Uh, and john is, is great as well i actually live in john's apartment do you know that i do i forgot though that it was before because it it was also justin's apartment Yes, I. Michael, what's going on with you? I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna direct your city ballet. Maybe that's your next step. Like it seems like yeah. it's in the genes of that building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm meant funny. for greatness, destined for greatness <laughs> in my 30s. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Mikey, I'm glad we did this emergency pod. It was worth mm-hmm. it. Very important. The people asked. And we deliver. It'd be interesting to check back in in like a year and see yeah. what has changed. 
Totally. Before we go, we want to announce that on March 4th, so this coming Monday, we're going to be doing a giveaway with our amazing sponsor, Yumiko. So they have a brand new style, the Masha Mesh Leotard, and you can um, check that out on their website or their Instagram. It's a beautiful, beautiful new um, leotard. The winner of our giveaway can choose any of the ready-to-wear options that they have online. Um, so definitely be sure to tune into that. What we're going to be asking people to do when we launch it on Monday is to follow Yumiko on Instagram, Yumiko World on Instagram and Conversations on Dance on Instagram. And we'll be posting mm-hmm. all the other details there. So be sure to look out for that. These giveaways are all always a big hit. And I mean, mm-hmm. if I were still a dancer, yeah. I'd totally want to win one of those. <laughs> yeah. All you got to do is hit up that trifecta of Instagrams and yeah. then you could, you know, be in the running for an amazing giveaway. So, yeah. you know, get on board. <laughs> awesome. All right, Mikey. Well, I miss you. Great chat. I miss you too. We'll yeah. Talk soon. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in this week. If you have not already, we invite you to subscribe to Conversations on Dance Now, wherever you get your podcasts. By subscribing, you will get a notification every Monday when a new episode goes live. This way, you won't miss a moment of the COD action. And if you like what you heard today, we invite you to rate us and review us on iTunes. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.